0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk podcast. We are very excited to be with you on this BYU football bye week. So that means we get to talk a little bit more about other BYU sports, such as BYU basketball, that is starting up today. So we're really excited for that. We're going to recap the Idaho State game a little bit. We're going to talk about week 10 of college football action. And we are going to conclude the show with a little bit of BYU basketball talk. Before we move into the episode, we want to take a second to shout out our social media pages. Go ahead and give us a follow on our Instagram and Twitter, at Pod. We are posting a lot of content on there, and it's really funny. We love it. We're getting closer and closer to 100 followers, so please help us reach that benchmark. We love you guys for that. And also check out our website, lestalkpodcast.com. Without further ado, let's boo! But that field judge mm. on the far side
1: is in their pocket, man.
0: Don't
2: review that strike! Let's back this bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, yes. Let's go Wild Let's man. go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude!
0: <laughs> he put his butt down here! <laughs> go, go, go! Go! go. Go! Go! Go!
2: Go! Go! Go!
3: Go! Shut down, shut down. BYU, 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 BYU!
4: BYU! Hello BYU. listeners, welcome BYU. in to this episode. First things first, our BYU football cougars played yet another game over the weekend. They played a lot of games. And you might say this game looked like two games with the way the <laughs> first and second half played out. Yeah. Um we started off very strongly
0: against FCS Powerhouse, Idaho State, Bengal. One and seven in the FC now one in eight. Very total. liberal use of the word powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe like a house of terrible power, like a house of being bad.
4: Yep. Shout out to them. The opposite of the mitochondria. Is what this football team was, <laughs> not the powerhouse of the FCS. <laughs> so in the first half, BYU kind of torched them, went up Low thirty-five to zero, and then we both scored again. And at halftime, it was forty-two to seven. Not bad. Yeah. And
0: I mean, take this all with a grain of salt, but we looked really good. <laughs> I mean, our offense was firing on all cylinders. I mean, okay. we're playing bad teams. We should score a lot of points, and that's exactly what we did. And mm-hmm. against Virginia, who is a good team with a bad defense, we were supposed to put up a lot of points, and we did. I think this is the first time I can remember in a long time that I've seen BYU football put up 50-plus points in two straight games. So it's incredible yeah. that our offense is now firing on all cylinders, and hopefully that continues out the rest of the season.
5: Yeah. Um, biggest takeaway for me was the fans. Oh, yeah. Fans were there Showed in out. force. Mm-hmm. It was technically a sellout. Uh, not everybody came to the game though, but I would say after going to that game, the Virginia game, I think there were more people at the Idaho state game than at the Virginia game.
0: Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people
5: in the Provo area love those day games.
0: Yeah. And we had
5: tons of families there. It was great. And Cormani McLean was there. Everybody was chanting his name. Yeah, that was sick. And we'll get to him a little bit later, but, uh, one little note, little nugget, uh, from this game. Six of our nine turnovers in the season have
0: come from teams in the state of Idaho, Boise State and Idaho State. Wow. So what was that? Four against Boise Boise. State, two against Idaho State? Yeah. There's a problem with those potatoes. Yeah. Some famous potatoes they have. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Them potatoes. You know, I think we might be confusing the football with a potato at some points. Mm. So it really Mm. messes us up. We don't know how to deal with Idaho teams. I don't know. That's a theory we need to look into.
4: That's a really good theory. And one thing I noticed is... And we had two fumbles. One was Katoa. The other was Carter Wheat. Wheat. So maybe the whole wheat potato... Oh, shit. ...confusing him.
5: Oh, no. Is it a grain? Is it a starch? he dropped the
4: potato (laughs) instead of dropping the ball. Oh, no. So... Which,
5: speaking of that hit, was completely disgusting. Oh, <laughs> that was <sickly>. textbook targeting. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Speared him in the face mask, and they didn't call anything.
0: Now, Brutal. just a second. Connor Wheat is his name, right? Carter Wheat. Carter. Oh, Carter Wheat. Yeah, Carter. After that fumble, is he now a tear? Ooh. Oh shoot. That is. These are the questions. These are very pressing questions. <laughs> he's got. He's got more of a season to prove himself to become Wheat again. But I don't know. He's getting close to that? that borderline. He's, he's on uh he's on terror notice. Terror notice. Terror he's notice. on
5: terror notice. The angels have got their eyes on him. <laughs> <laughs> the angel of destruction.
4: He is yep. just a freshman, so maybe he can mature into a nice
0: stock of wheat. Okay. Yep. Uh, but just know that we have our sickle ready. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ready to the thrust with white. our might.
5: He is not white yet. No. Not yet. He, with not the the jury's still out on him. Exactly. Yep. Not ready to harvest. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in other words, uh, what were some of the highlights from the game that you guys saw? Like looking forward, obviously, into the future. That's what these FCS games are for. Mm-hmm. What did you guys like? You know, that gave you hope for the for the future of <clears throat> BYU football.
4: One thing that I was kind of pleased by, I guess you could say, was Keanu Reeves Hill. Hmm. Um. It seemed like he came out of nowhere. Like he's had a few receptions here and there
2: mm-hmm. this
4: season, but this was a, really a breakout game for him. Finished with four receptions for 92 yards. Ooh, not bad. And a touchdown and special teams play. Played play the game. game. <laughs> that was amazing. So,
0: and he's a freshman, right? Uh, uh maybe a sophomore. I'm not 100%. I, Nobody knows. I, I sure know, on that. <laughs> he's got a lot of years left, whatever he is. Yes. And see, according to BYUcougar.com, he is a freshman. He's a freshman. I don't know if he's a COVID freshman or a it, freshman. Yeah. He's been on the roster since 2019. Yeah. Technically still a freshman oh. after a red shirt and COVID year. Bring Covey sure. stuff. <laughs> he's going to bring Covey route.
4: Well, yeah, he looked good. He's got size. He looked, you know tall out there. I don't know how tall he is, but he's tall. And he's well on his way to wheat status, I would say. (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: You heard it here first. (laughs) Keanu Hill is looking like some wheat. He's gonna turn into a nice wheat. That's good. Into some nice bread. I like that. Uh, (laughs)
5: Hopefully, bread that is consumable and not moldy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) How did we get to this point? (laughs) How did we get here? It's just one of those weeks, I
4: guess. (laughs) Idaho State comes to town. This is what happens. And then we're going
0: into a bye week. Yeah, we've got a bye week (laughs) content fried. (laughs) See, we need this bye week too because if we were just to keep going with more football episodes, more football episodes, you'd be getting worse and worse food jokes. Like, this would be bad. Well, depending on your point of view, better and better food jokes. Yeah. It's an acquired taste. You say our brains are fried. (laughs) Friday. Ba-dum. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, let's move on okay. with this. Uh, I completely agree with Dan. Uh, there were two stars in this game Keanu Hill. Keanu Hill. Keanu Hill. Of course. He was incredible. He played very well. He looks like he will He'll be a perfect fit to, re- to replace Samson Nakua.
5: Yeah, dude. Him Samson Nakua in the future. He's
0: graduating this year. It'll be good for yeah, um, Keanu Hill to take in. that spot. Other MVP of the game Idaho State's Punter. Shout out to that guy who's like, literally seventy-five pounds, skinnier than a stick. Doesn't look like he belongs on a football field, but somehow was booting the ball like eighty yards, and gave us our first special teams touchdown of the year. Yeah. So shout out to him. He's my MVP. It
5: was very gracious of him. He looked. Uh, his name's Kevin Ryan. Thank he's you, Kevin. Six foot one sixty. And no, he's six not in the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> but what's his BMI like? Two. He... <laughs> <laughs> Just two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, listen to this. He had nine punts for three hundred and ninety-seven yards. Holy cow. Oh Four hundred punting yards.
0: Dude, what a beast. Yeah. He was good. He he did actually look really good. I was impressed. Yeah. yeah.
5: My biggest takeaway from this game is Tyler Algier only had six carries and I think seven mm. touches overall. So Yeah. I I am really glad that he you know they didn't work him to death. We didn't need him get him the rest he needs because we're going to need him. Georgia Southern, probably, you know, Georgia Southern said, you know, time of possession, run the ball kind of team. We're mm-hmm. going to need to run the ball on them. And then USC, it's going to be a tough test. And then the bowl game, we need him to be as healthy as possible. If we want to continue on, maybe
0: make a new year six and win that game. Mm. Absolutely. So that kind of concludes our recap of the game. We're not going to go into a ton of detail on it because, you know, as an FCS win, you know, that's kind of to be expected. But we do yeah. want to go into some football news that is floating around the BYU program and the NCAA at large. Shout out. Uh, we posted this on our, on our Instagram. We didn't get to it last episode because we recorded it before. But Kingsley Swamataya, former five-star left tackle out of Orem High School, has officially transferred from Oregon to Brigham Young University. So we are super excited to have him. He's going to be an absolute beast on our squad. If I'm not mistaken, he plays right tackle. I know that he plays tackle, but he's going to be an absolute beast. Yeah, when I,
4: I first heard that he was entering the transfer portal, you know, I was on Twitter and it was announced, and all these BYU fans were tweeting their like eye emojis, and like, <laughs> just hoping he would come. And then you'd have Utah fans being like, "There's no way he goes to BYU. He's five star." <laughs> and so the fact that he did come to BYU with a very, um, some would say heartwarming. Others would say heart-wrenching, slightly laughable video (laughs) that he posted, (laughs) a little cheesy, announcing his transfer and commitment to BYU. But this is a huge get for BYU. Um, Their offensive line hasn't been bad this year, but you know they've had a few injuries and hasn't been the strongest group, or at least as strong as BYU has had in years past. So we'll be very thankful to have him, and it seems like he's a good fit for the culture as well. And I've already seen him tweeting at other recruits, like mm. telling them to join him and come to BYU, Heck like Cormani yeah. McLean, who's there at the game on
5: Saturday.
0: Yeah.
5: Cormani yeah. McLean is the five-star we were talking about last episode uh, out of Florida. He officially released his top five, and the teams are as follows. Ohio State, Alabama, mm-hmm. BYU, what? Florida, hmm? and Miami. Hot dang. Now That's a list to be on. <laughs> and let's be honest, it's probably mo- mostly a top three, given the state of the programs of Florida and Miami right no. now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but the fact that he put us on that list, and it's not like we're like on the edge, right? We're in the middle of that list, in the middle mm-hmm. of that pack, and he released that after the, you know he after came to the game. the game. The Rock saluted him. It was a rocking game, even though it was an FCS team. Yeah. If I was a recruit, and I saw, okay, my fan base is going to show up, even at, like, these random day games against FCS teams. If they're going to show up for this, how are they going to show up against rivalry games, top mm, 10 matchups? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that. I am eating that up. So shout out to Cormani McClain. We want him here now.
2: We love you, Cormani. Cormani.
0: <laughs> I believe we should add, uh, we got Kingsley Mataya, Five star. Cormani McLean, who hopefully we can grab. We also have two four-star recruits that we have gotten. Uh, Cody Hagen and Isaiah Ice Moa, for yes. reference. So that's two four-stars, a five-star, and maybe another five-star. Maybe star. another five-star. In the entire 2020 recruiting class, we had zero four-star recruits, <laughs> zero five-star recruits. Wow. It was all three stars and below. So our recruiting is already going way up, thanks to our announcement to join the Big 12.
5: Yeah, yep. and... Also, because BYU did so well last year, is doing so well this year against a harder schedule. We're just proving that we do belong in a Power Five conference. That we are a Power Five team, and that you know recruits are going to come here, get the national spotlight, and go to the NFL like seven of our guys last year.
4: Yeah, and honestly, I got to give a lot of credit to Kalani for these. Mm -hmm. Seems like the players love playing for him, and he's built up a really good culture in Provo. Um the players have a lot of fun playing it for him there's a lot of unity it seems like and i think that's just a good environment for a player to go to who wants to you know develop themselves and if there's a player who wants to come to BYU and be a part of that i think we want him here too <laughs> there's some people yes. who don't really fit well at BYU Devin but <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're someone who like wants to be in that environment then we want you and you will
5: succeed
0: Yeah, absolutely.
5: And I love what you said about development because think of the people we sent into the draft, right? Like uh, Brady Christensen, Dax Milne, Mm -hmm. right? Zach Wilson. None of these guys were highly touted, but now are playing in the NFL. Yeah. Dax Milne was a college (laughs) walk-on. Yeah. And look at Tyler Algier. He was a walk-on too. And he's going to be playing on Sundays. I I
0: just think it's crazy that BYU is doing such a good job with that. Great job. Yep. People are really, really loving this family feel that we have here. What is basketball? Best locker room in America. Football Mm, is also becoming that, that family feel. BYU is just creating a culture of inclusion and family that people want to be a part of. So let's keep it going. Yeah. Uh, In other,
5: uh, I guess, just general news about sports, the NCAA is considering relinquishing control of Uh, sports, at least to some degree, Mm -hmm. and giving it to the universities, the divisions, as in FBS versus FCS, and the conferences. This proposal will be voted on early in 2022, but it sounds like the NCAA is kind of releasing their grip, their stranglehold on college sports. Yes, I would say. (laughs) Vice-like. great great descriptor. But, uh, my one thing about this is I'm glad BYU joined the Big 12, because Mm -hmm. it sounds like If conferences are involved, the Power Five are definitely, you know, in the future, going to do something to set them apart,
0: at least as far as football is concerned. Yeah, especially football. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, a new governing body is going to have to come out of this. NCAA says it's going to give control to the divisions. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. The conferences are going to have power. Like Jared said, there's going to be some new governing body. I just hope that it ends up being less corrupt. (laughs) <laughs> then the NCAA. And it probably will be with like legislation and like letting kids like come back after signing with an agent and things like that. But I'm worried about having a college football playoff esque committee like take over college sports at large. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully nothing like that happens. But everyone, pray for <laughs> pray for the new leaders of college sports yep. because we are going to need really good leadership to keep it as amazing as it is. Yes, Gus Johnson for her. For president.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, is there
5: anything else regarding BYU sports that we want to cover before we hop into our college football as a
0: whole Week 10 recap? Uh, not about football. Shout-out to the women's soccer team for winning the WCC. True. So shout-out to them. That yeah. was amazing. I was following the college game on my champs. phone. With that win over like Fantastic that was that, game. was that game
4: with Abby, my wife. It was down to the wire. We were kind of knocking on the door the whole game looking dangerous couldn't quite put one in the back of the net went to first overtime nothing we still look like the better time the team but nothing second overtime we get a shot off the keeper blocks it and then cam tucker comes with the rebound and just boots it into the far corner
0: heck yeah it was a really beautiful shot it it was
4: fun fun game Pipe in. The tournament will start on Saturday, I believe. Okay, cool. and is and is NCAA. that the W the NCAA, NCAA, NCAA tournament? tournament. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. when did they do the seedings? They have done. They did that today. Oh, they did. Oh. And BYU has a four seed, I believe. Not bad. interesting. It's kind of weird how their tournament works. I don't really know. They like only seed like half the teams. Yeah. 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 It's weird. But the fact that you get a seed means that you're like the upper half. Okay, so that's yep. good for us.
5: That's great. Should be fun to keep track of. So do we know who we play, or is there like a play-in game to play us? Um, I think it's New Mexico. Ooh. Oh no! New Mexico! The, the hair pullers. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> yeah, they, f- they play New Mexico at home in the first round. What day is that? We all have to go.
5: Saturday. Oh boy. Sure. Alright, well, Golly, good videos. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, come out on Saturday, then, and uh, support our troops. I mean, women's soccer team. Support the troops. Yep, at Southfield. Yep. All righty. Well, let's get into uh, our Week 10 recap of college football, because, boy, was it a wild one. Coming into this week, we all kind of thought, eh, it's not the greatest slate of games. Mm -hmm. But holy shenanigans, were there some shenanigans.
0: Yeah, we didn't even do picks last week, because we thought, like, eh, this week's kind of, you know, not going to be that great. But college football is truly starting to get hairy. So, I what do you say it. we go in with our fastest 15? Flippin'
2: 15. We start in a galaxy far, far away. We're... The coach Kylo Ren led his pathetically inept last order against Princess Sayabin and the Crimson Resistance. The first half led us to believe that this might be an interesting series, but then Max Ryan Johnson stepped in and mucked everything up real nice. In a touching tribute to Emperor Palpatine, LSU shocked itself to death giving Alabama the Mm well-deserved wins, 20-14.
3: We head to Seattle, dish Washington, where Husky Stadium was attempting a three-hour long ice bucket challenge. The Huskies' doggy paddled out to a nine-to-three lead, but the Ducks were inevitably the better aquatic animal, mm. swimming all over Jimmy's Lake for 426 yards. And if it wasn't weird enough already, each team got a safety. Huh? What a score, Agami! Oregon wins, 26-16. We traveled to the great state of the Ohio,
1: where the Cincinnati Chick-fil-A's, sorry, I meant Bearcats, took on a golden hurricane of CFP committee doubters. Desmond Ritter played the game of his life, and by that I mean the WORST game of his life. Oh! Fumbling the ball in the red zone to give Tulane the chance to win the game. Tulane said, Eh, we're good. As they fumbled the ball right back, handing Cincy an unconvincing
2: 28-20 victory. The undefeated Deacon Demons, I mean, Deacon Demons, I mean, Deacon Demons, I mean, a Deacon Demons took a stroll into a North Carolina Chapel Hill, only to be cast out of the church by mm. Mack Attack Brown. Sam Hall, despite sucking more than a Dyson vacuum, tore apart Wake's defense worse than a dog-tear, tears apart Squeaky Toys at Coda, UNC hands Wake Forest its first lot of the season, and it took it straight out of CFP contention. Unk wins,
3: 58-55. to 55. Unk? We head to College Station, where two overrated SEC teams were locked in a vicious fight. Bo came in looking to nix his road-sucking streak, but instead didn't throw for a single touchdown. Auburn got unholily booty walloped by a bunch of agriculturalists and miners. <sighs> Shout-out to Auburn for taking a 20-3 L to Texas A&M, giving BYU a chance to climb the college football playoff Remy Umtum.
1: Next we head to Perplexington, where two bitter rivals fought to the death over the white checker pattern. In a game that gave me more whiplash than Olympic table tennis, time of possession proved to be just as important to Josh Hypel as G5 teams are to the committee. Mark stoops, poops again, falling back onto the heap of mediocre, overrated, middle of the pack SEC teams, most likely meaning Tennessee there. Vols beat the Cats 45-42. to 42.
2: In miniature apple-less, Brett Bellima. pulled around and fell in line With his offensive line, lining seven and sometimes eight offensive linemen up, the Fools Golden Gophers went over on kicking and growing hair for PJ Fleck and got their oar and season broke by the punter of the fighting Illini-Nini. The filling in the line, I Amy, mean, <laughs> proved the committee right again, beating the 20th ranked frauds in a barn burner. 14 to 6.
3: We head to the great city of Fresno, California, where the Bulldogs fancied to put on their shades and skate all over Boise City. The Broncos set the poor dog sent the poor doggos to the pound and pound town. As they ate their food and marked Fresno as their territory, peeing all over Bulldog Stadium with a 40 to 14 leg humping.
1: Folks, it's over! It's finally over! For the first time in two years, Arizona has won
2: a football game.
1: Bravo. All it took was a COVID outbreak in the Cal locker room, taking out their starting QB and 23 other players. Oh, that all. A dub's a dub. On Saturday, the Wildcats didn't just win, America won. In probably the most boring way possible, watching Arizona take home a 10-3 dub over the Golden Bears.
2: It was the return of Kidon Slovis to his home state of Zarizona, as the USC Trojans could have used more protection against the Sun Devils. Slovis and Jackson Dartmouth each threw a pick, and Rashad White threw his forks up while scampering like a wild fox.
3: Huh? For 202 yards and three touchdowns. Arizona Saint, 31. USD, 16. In the middle of a cornfield, Dr. Stephen Strange Sarkeesian could really use the time stone right now, as he chokes away his fourth straight halftime lead, resulting in his fourth straight loss. Texas is in worse shape than, what if? a space, while Iowa Saint is doing its best to warm itself back into completely undeserved national attention. Riding a 27-0, second half showing, the Minor Dust Devils begin asphyxiating Bevo, 30-7
1: in a battle for ownership of the UT system.
3: Because we all know the Longhorns don't deserve it. That's, <laughs> that's for sure, Boom.
1: UTSA found itself in a wild west staredown in El Paso. UTEP tried to quick draw out a factory, but the UTSA running backs turned into the Looney Tunes Roadrunner, dusting the miners for three Ds. The only problem is, they're running so fast the CFB committee can't even see them. UTSA once again continues its tour of absolute G5 dominance, beating UTEP 44 to 23.
2: Give them their respect, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. The Florida Gators were stuck in a swamp against a South Carolina game. (laughs) Peepees! With their leading (laughs) rusher gaining a grand total of 39 yards, and their leading receiver literally being called shorter. Now that's an unfortunate name, Boom. Sorry. Caroline on the other end, <laughs> two backs eclipse the century mark on the way to a bushwhacking of Dan Mullen's Gators, winning
3: 40-17. In the first game of the post-Gary Patterson era, the Horn Frogs went and hopped all over the Baylor Bears. Chandler Morris ignored Smoky Bear's fire danger warning and set the field ablaze with over 450 yards of passing wizardry. Mm. Baylor must have gotten concussed and thought that turnovers were touchdowns the way they were giving the ball away so carelessly. The Horned Frogs hippity-hopped away from Baylor, 30 to 28.
1: Move out of the way, Ted Bundy and Jack the Ripper. There's a new serial killer on the loose. The Spoiler Makers of Purr.
5: <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> from Tarzan? Do
1: what she do. <laughs> okay. 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 Start again. <laughs> the Spoiler Makers of Purr. do. She do. Struck again, dashing Sparty's hopes of an undefeated season. First Aiden O'Connell covered ground faster than a transcontinental railroad on his way to 536 yards and three Tuddlies The bullet trains beat yet another top five team, winning 40 to 29 over I don't give a darn about the whole state of Michigan State.
3: <laughs> Sweet.
0: <laughs> well, that was wild. That yeah, was there were some uh, bumps in the road on that one, but uh <laughs> yes,
5: as there were bumps in the road for many playoff teams. True. Yes, <laughs> there was were. Was on purpose.
0: Now, we got a very blurry playoff picture oh, coming man. out of week 10.
5: I <laughs> So you got Georgia one. Mm-hmm. And then basically 2 through 10, you could just draw names out of a hat, right? You just have a lottery mm-hmm. pick, and you could get any top four and be like, oh, okay, <clears throat> that's, you know, that's okay, yeah. reasonable. Is yeah. this what it's like to need glasses? <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> because I feel for all you glasses folks after a weekend like this. I have no idea what's going on with the college football playoff. But we'll see.
5: Yeah. I mean, that's a, the the glory of it, is that it will work itself out. Right. Mm-hmm. By the end of the season, we will know like there. I don't I'm sure there's going to be controversy at some point, probably bef- between like four five and six. But Ohio State, Michigan State and Michigan. They're all going to play each other with Penn State in the mix, right? Wisconsin's Mm. looking dangerous right now. Oklahoma still has to play Baylor and Oklahoma State. Alabama still has to play Auburn and probably Georgia. Like, there's no – no one is safe, right? And Oregon plays in the Pac-12, so who knows what's going (laughs) to happen over there. They still
0: have to play Utah potentially twice. Yeah. Mm. So
5: how do you guys see, after this weekend and looking forward, how is BYU looking, you know? As far as a shot for an NY6 bid, because this week we had Wake Forest, Michigan State, Baylor, and Auburn all ranked ahead of BYU
0: lose. So what are you guys thinking? You know, we're a two-loss team right now, and that really doesn't help us. But one thing does help us, and that's the recency bias. We Mm -hmm. are at a point of time in our schedule where we are going to keep winning. So as long as the college football playoff is voting, we will be winning games. And while... We're winning games. Other teams are going to be losing games, and that is really good for us because as long—oh my goodness gracious! What in Heaven's name! What just what? happened? I think Jared just broke his light. Jared, Jared just trying attacked to smack his own apartment. apartment. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, yeah, with Pardon the recency us. bias, you know, teams are, teams ahead of us are going to keep losing. We still got Oklahoma State ahead of us. They're probably going to lose. We still got, I mean, Baylor, who might still be ahead of us. We're recording this before the college football playoff rankings come out. They're going to lose. More teams ahead of us will lose, and maybe that will give us a chance to hop up. This week, I think we'll sit at number 11. Maybe No, sorry, not 11, 13. I added two more. Mm. I think we'll sit at 13. I honestly think we do have a chance to sneak into the top 10 the very last week.
4: Yeah, so one thing I noticed last week when the rankings came out is that BYU does have a fair amount of upward mobility. Mm -hmm. Now, this week was okay for BYU. Not great. I mean, (laughs) Auburn, who's ahead of us, lost. Teams further ahead of us lost, but I don't think we'll pass them. But I think as the weeks go on, losses will help us more and more. So this week, we did have teams ahead of us lose, but it won't really help us that much. But going forward, like Justin was saying, there are a lot of teams that could lose again and that we will eventually climb up further and further so that's just my takeaway after this week okay for BYU we might move up one or two spots but all that upward mobility that we talked about after the first rankings has not really happened for us yet yeah but it's still in the future
5: yeah no and Like Danny said, it hasn't happened. It didn't happen as much this week, but we did get a lot of help. Like Wake Forest losing to UNC, that was great for us. Um, Baylor losing to TCU. I know people are going to start arguing. You know, we need Baylor to win for our strength of schedule. But when it comes down to it, Baylor winning is going to steal an NY six bid from BYU. Mm -hmm. And so that's. I think that's where my eyes will probably be, uh, as far as BYU is concerned. Obviously. Auburn and Texas A&M, those are two teams you have to watch. You know, we got to hope that uh, Texas A&M you know, loses this week to Ole Miss, and then Ole Miss loses to Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. But biggest, we got to watch out for Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State because if Oklahoma doesn't win out, then that could mean big problems for BYU because then you'll have more than one Big 12 team vying for a playoff-slash-NY6 bid.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. We are not at a point where we need Baylor to keep winning. Baylor is ranked ahead of us. We lost to them already. We don't need them for our strength of schedule. We're already at 15. We already caught the college football playoff committee's attention. We're there. We need them to lose so we can hop. If there's one team that I want to keep winning, that's Boise State. Because we want that mm-hmm. loss to look less and mm-hmm. less bad. With the fact that they just blew out a ranked Fresno State team, that's looking good for us because that loss becomes less and less bad. Yeah, that's
5: huge. Like, Because the, the Baylor loss is okay, right? Baylor's a top 15 team. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the Boise loss, like you said, that's a bad loss. And so if Boise keeps winning, they win the Mountain West, end up ranked top 25. Yeah. That's huge. Sure. And if you are wondering... Who you need to cheer for in each game because it's always more fun to have a dog in the fight, right? And you Mm -hmm. can do that either Mm -hmm. by uh, putting money on the game, cheeses on the game, cheeses on the game, right? No money. (laughs) (laughs) Or, uh, you know, cheering for the teams that BYU needs to win. And uh, our weekend watch guides on lestalkpodcast.com, the weekend watch guides for that week, they tell you everything you need to know about each game's importance as far as BYU is concerned. Yep. Uh, I would just like to
4: provide a testimonial for those Ooh. weekend watch guides. Testify of the words of your companion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I am a BYU fan, and I want BYU to do as well as they can. Oh, wow. If possible, make a New year six. Mm. And Jared's weekend watch guide tells us exactly what needs to happen each week for that dream to be realized. And I pulled up, I you know searched up the website. Hold up the weekend watch guide. It has a nice little snippet of each game and what how each game you know affects BYU. It's very easy to read with the time and the channel, and it really just makes your college football Saturday that much better. So, honestly, check it out. It's great.
0: Absolutely, that thing is absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. It helps you get through the college football weekend. Check it out at lestalkpodcast.com. dot com. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. It is a good way to. Spread the love of the Let's Talk podcast. Hmm. Anyway, so. yeah. Moving on to uh,
5: maybe just real quick, just hit on a couple of these points. Purdue, holy balls, they are the giant killers. They've, done it, they They've done it again. They're done it again. Serial killers of college football. I I don't remember a team that would. We- <laughs> Would just lose a bunch of games, beat a top five team, lose a bunch of games, <laughs> beat a top five team in the same season. They did it last year too. Yeah. I've never I've never seen I I don't know. It's crazy. Purdue is a giant killer and I'm scared because Ohio State plays Purdue this weekend. And the best thing about Purdue, their big bass
4: drum. Yeah. You see that thing yeah. going around that that halftime or something, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> it's <laughs> over ten feet tall. Oh, ten feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Now that's a drum. Over, over ten feet when the carriage
0: is included, according to Wikipedia. Wikipedia, the best yeah. of sources. hmm hmm mm-hmm. At all, you college professors. <laughs> was Alabama exposed? Is there a true number two? Alabama was exposed. Who knows what? Who knows who number two is right now?
5: Yeah, Alabama's not number two. Bryce Young doesn't deserve any of the accolades <laughs> that people are giving him. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And I was talking to Mark Stroud, our, mm-hmm. you know, resident Alabama fan. The, the, recurring guest. Yes. The, the, recurring guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as mentions on the show, definitely. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he was actually it. at the game this Saturday oh, my in Tusken Raider Lusa. Ooh, yeah. Him. And uh, he was even calling out Alabama's lines. Like, he was like, if we play like that against Georgia, we're going to get
1: whacked.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
5: yeah. So I think I kind of, not that I noticed they were going to be bad, but ever since like week one and two, I kind of had my eye on them. Like they don't look like Alabama of old, mm-hmm. you know. And it showed. Yeah, that Florida game, yeah, the Florida game too. It shows now, right? Like Alabama isn't Alabamaing people. Like they're looking more and more just like a great team, not like an Alabama team.
0: Mm-hmm. You know who else looked average this year <laughs> or average this week? Kenneth Walker III, looked pretty mm, average, mm, mm. could not run very well against Purdue. Matt Corral, (laughs) didn't do well, didn't do like super great against Liberty. And CJ Stroud. Definitely. So the teams at the top are looking kind of average and really beatable. It's Mm going to be a chaotic last couple weeks of college football.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah, and like those players you just mentioned, what's going on with the Heisman this year? (laughs) It's, it's even no, foggier than the no playoff future, picture, man.
0: <laughs> Who knows? I think the favorite right now is still Bryce Young. Yeah, by default, again. Positive. Yeah, Alabama quarterback. You know, it's a safe bet. Is this just a down year for star players, or what's going
4: on?
5: If we're being honest, I think so. Like, I, I mean, it may not be like a down year. I mean, it is for for Spencer Rattler, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Howell, and <laughs> King, all these guys. But uh, honestly, like. I heard the other day some analyst was like, if Tyler Algier played on the East Coast, then he would be let's smack dab right in the middle of the Heisman race. 100,000% mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. He Absolutely. has looked just as good, if not better, than Kenneth Walker third. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, he had the Boise game where he fumbled, and he had the Baylor game where he didn't get a lot of touches. But other than that, he's looked like an animal. I honestly think that he should at least be in contention for the Heisman, given what all these other, like, stars, <laughs> air quotes...
0: Have been doing. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I'm also hearing some whisperings that, you know, the <laughs> off, like the offense revolution of college football. Mm. I'm hearing that defenses are finally starting to catch up. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're not seeing so much like prolific offense and stars this year. Is because the defense is starting to catch up to the offense. Give it a couple years and we'll cycle through again. Interesting.
5: So, yeah, that's interesting. Something to keep your eye on. Is there anything else about college football before we move on to uh, basketball season? Any any last thoughts for this episode? Uh, nope. It was a wild weekend. Yeah. We are in the uh, the crucible. Yep. The crucible. This is the crucible of college Coming football. down to the wire. So, very excited for these next couple of weeks. However, today, or Tuesday, whenever Tuesday. you're listening to this... Uh, BYU basketball kicks off its official season opener. Yep. Tips off. Tips. Okay, <laughs> this, is the, this is the time of year. This is the time of year where my, my brain melts out of my ears because <laughs> I go from going to the exhibition game and being like, "Oh, the Marriott Center's so cool," and then playing an FCS team at the, the Lavelle Edwards and crying because I don't
0: want football season to end. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's going through some stuff
4: right now, y'all. Yeah,
0: everyone pray for Jared. He's really going through it it's in his feels right now. All sports yeah. related, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all positive. Oh, good. So moving into BYU basketball, we said that we were going to focus more on basketball this week because football is in its bye week. Uh, quick recap of the Colorado Christian game. We won't go super far into it. It was an exhibition game. They're always kind of shaky. We looked mediocre in the first half. Second half, we started hitting <clears throat> our shots. We pulled away. Alex Barcelo is looking good. Tejan Lucas is looking good. Our team is looking athletic, and it is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think... Biggest thing for me, I think they were
5: playing around with the lineups because we saw them, mm-hmm. they were platooning guys in and out like every 35 seconds. Yeah. Yep. So I, I well, don't read too much into the slow start, although the free throw shooting was absolutely despicable. True. Yeah,
4: yeah that's one thing that stuck out to me. <laughs> it was bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really, it was bad. real bad.
5: Mm-hmm. Like, like really, really, like, like for, 25%. 25, 30%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yep. not what I would call good. Yes. Anyway, uh, Tuesday night, maybe tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, mm-hmm. season officially kicks off. Cleveland State Attorney Team, they won the Missouri Valley Conference, if I'm Horizon. not mistaken, the Horizon League. Mm-hmm. They Horizon won the Horizon League. League yes.
0: And uh, tickets are low as $3, so uh, go pick yourself up a ticket and go to the game. Yeah, $3 is not bad. I think you should be able to fork that over and get over to the game. It's going to be a ton <laughs> of fun. Uh, Cleveland State's coach Dennis Gates led the Vikings to their first Horizon League title. Like Jared said, since 2009, Turning last the year around. they played the Ohio State University mm. and only lost by six. Yes,
5: and it was a game that was very much like this one. It was like one of Ohio State's very first games this season, a tune-up game. Uh, and yes, you you know can use these games to figure out your lineups. You know, test different things out. But the last thing you want. Is a horrible loss like this to kick off your season. Mm-hmm. That would be a, a stain on our record. Yes, it <laughs> Generations.
4: would. <be>. Generations. <laughs> like Dan Mullen's stain on the Florida football program. <laughs> Oof. So, Cleveland State have played two exhibition games against Case Western Reserve. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know they had a basketball team, and also Otterbean. Is that like an overseas Polish team? (laughs) It sounds like (laughs) a a Dutch soccer team or something. (laughs) But they won both those games by 40 points. They um, yeah, 44 and 41 points. And I don't know what to make of that, but they're capable of winning games. That's mm-hmm. what I'll take away from that. Yes, they are
0: against Case Western and Otterbein. We'll Otter see B. how
4: they fare against BYU at the Marriott Center. I'm very excited to be in the Marriott Center again mm-hmm. this winter. It's you know like Jared was saying earlier on another episode about how Alex Barcelo talks about it like it's the temple. Yep, it, it is the mecca of the West.
5: Yes. Oh, I'll call it that as a BYU. Fan, oh, definitely, yeah, absolutely.
4: You got MSG and you've got MC. Yeah. The Married Center.
5: I mean, that about sums it up for basketball fans. Yeah. Yep. You go to those two places, you're good. Those, those are all good. your, your Hodge destinations. Mm hmm. Well, uh, in this game, I just want to see Mark Pope figure things out. I want to see him figure out the lineups. And I want to see Caleb Loner start to come into himself because he hasn't been looking good. Um, he stayed after the game, uh, the exhibition game, and put up shots for like an hour after the game. So it's good to see. I just want to see him really come into his own because he's gotten so much hype. But other than that, just win and, you know, get closer to figuring out the starting lineup.
4: Yeah, I think um, that exhibition game looked, I mean, it wasn't ideal. It's was not like a, you know, fully, fully important season game. So they were doing some tinkering. And from that blue white scrimmage I saw, kind of the same thing was going on. They're experimenting with players, just getting kind of more intense game reps in. And I think, we, since we have a lot of newcomers this year, a lot of transfers and um, incoming freshmen, I do expect it'll take a few games for us to really find our groove and hit our stride. I don't think we'll lose any of our first couple um, games. Not exhibition games, but just you know normal games. Mm-hmm. But we've got... A that tournament coming up with Oregon in it. Mm-hmm. Oregon. Phil Knight Invitational. Yeah. Yep. I think hopefully by then we can get things figured out because we'll need to bring our A game there. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And just kind of an overview on the season. My prediction as a professional sports analyst, mm-hmm. BYU yep. will lose four games in conference play. Oh, shoot. Get second in the conference and a nine seed in the NCAA tourney.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. And also we will lead the conference in dunks. (laughs) Lead the conference in dunks. I would love that. For me, I think this game will be very telling of what BYU is going to be this year. If we just go out and dominate Cleveland State, I think that shows that we're ready to go out and run and really push the limits this season. If we struggle with Cleveland State, again, it's the beginning of the season. It's hard to tell. Like Dan said, we just want to get ready for those higher profile games that are coming very soon. So I want to see us, like Jared said, figure out the lineup. Like Dan said, I want to see us come into our own. I want to see us start dunking and be that leading dunking team in the conference. Yes. I think this team is going to be very good. I really like the transfers. Tejan Lucas, I think, will be an incredible addition to this team. He is very good. I think we win 25 games this season. Let's hopefully see that come to fruition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as a season, like expectation,
5: I would like to see the Pope keep blessing us with his holy water showers in the locker room after big games. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I okay. want him to win the big game because last, like, first year uh, of Mark Pope, twenty nineteen, didn't go to the tournament, so we couldn't gauge from that. But we beat Gonzaga, but lost like seven of. 15 games before Yoli Childs was back, or something. Can't remember, but yeah. we lost a bunch, right? And that's what, you know, held us down to a, a projected six seed. Whereas if Yoli had been there the whole time, we probably would have been like a four or five seed, oh, yeah. right? Or th- even a three seed. I want to see, but then last year, Mark Pope couldn't win the big game. We never beat Gonzaga. You know, we couldn't beat him in the WCC tournament either. And we couldn't beat UCLA, which granted, you know, they were Final 14. But yeah, I want to see Pope win big games. I want to see. A sweep, a season sweep of St. Mary's in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I want to split regular season with the Gonzaga and I want to win the WCC tournament. Maybe I got my blue goggles on, but that's what I want. And I want a single-digit seed, hopefully better than a nine seed. Mm-hmm. But I will take a nine seed.
0: No, that would be huge. If we can split with Gonzaga and then beat them in the WCC championship, that is something I really want to see before we leave the WCC, mm-hmm. a championship. Let's move on really quickly to the Cleveland State breakdown. Break down the game a little bit because let's be honest, I'm sure that the majority of people listening to this don't know a ton about Cleveland State. So, we have all the info that you're going to need.
5: All the info that we could gather because <laughs> Cleveland State is, well, Cleveland State, they keep yep. their info under wraps.
4: Yes, they Let do. Me tell you,
0: very yes, secretive,
5: very private public institution.
4: Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cleveland's not a state, by the way. First True. thing
5: you should know. Oh, also we oh, just oh, PSA to oh, oh. everybody. Okay, okay. We do not have the same uh blood vendetta against Navy as it pertains to basketball as we do with football. Mm-hmm. That's now that being said, we are going to be very paying very close attention to the uniforms that BYU wears during the season and our performance while wearing
0: said uniforms, and we will keep you informed. Yes. Absolutely. So a little bit about Cleveland State, they are not a super tall team. They have eight players over six five, which is like the metric that we chose. Their tallest is a sophomore Mabor Majak, who is seven it. foot two. So he's a big boy. Believe it or not, BYU actually has ten players that are six five and up. Tallest is Harwood at six eleven. We hope that he's playing in this game. No official announcement has been made I as to his leg injury yet. Yeah, I think he's
5: expected to play, but I haven't heard like the official like doubtful, questionable, all that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, They have a bunch of just all-time names on their team. Let me just read you. So we got Mabord, Majak. And then we got mm. Tory Pines Patton, mm. DeMoy Hodge, Trey Gamillion, and Craig, sorry, Craig, Bodion. Bodion. <laughs> anyway, I just love that. They're all, all these guys are... Uh, either seniors or super seniors, very experienced team, something to look for against BYU, who largely has like close to no experience playing together with all these new pieces. Yeah, BYU, some of you may know,
4: is kind of a three-point shooting team. That's kind of what they're known for. Last year, BYU averaged 19 threes per game, and Cleveland State had the very same amount, 19 well, threes per game. So they're also... A three-point shooting team might live and die by the three, so we want to make sure we're closing out on them, putting that hand in their face, Mm -hmm. or doing the the church ball trick where you kind of, like, dive at their midsection and (laughs) hope to kind of psych them out before they can (laughs) shoot it. That was my go-to. Nice. (laughs) But, yeah, they're a big three-point shooting team, and they're returning a lot of those shooters from
0: last year who have a lot of experience,
4: so keep an eye on that, this game. No,
0: it's possible that all five of their starters will be seniors looking at like their schedule, looking at their starting lineup from last year. It's possible that all five of them are going to be seniors this year. They've all played together. One thing that we do have is a little bit of familiarity with Cleveland State because Tejan Lucas has actually played them three times. He played them three times last season while playing with Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So they played three times, including Tejan Lucas with Milwaukee, a nine point win a six-point win, and a one-point overtime loss. Mm -hmm. So, Tejan Lucas has some familiarity with this Cleveland State team. I'm sure his input is very heavily weighted in these practices getting ready for this game. I would love to see it get chippy out there. Oh, baby.
5: Do we have any projections or predictions for the game as we wrap up this episode? Mm -hmm.
4: Score Hmm. predictions.
5: Well, before my score prediction, I think Caleb Lohner will make a three-point shot.
3: Oh, oh, that's a the hot very take. First down. game,
5: that's oh, a yeah. hot take. The odds are probably like plus sixteen hundred. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll take some Jesus there,
4: the big one. And I think BYU will win by double digits. I don't know how their defense is. I think BYU will score in the eighties. Okay, eighty-two to seventy-seven. Wow, so very close game 67. okay <laughs> less close. <laughs> There's a quick maths there. yeah 15 point
5: win. All right I'm going with a 20 point victory mm. because I think we got all the giblets out on uh, well hopefully not all of the giblets oh. <laughs> but we got most <laughs> of the giblets out uh, uh, okay. <laughs> on <laughs> on Thursday last Thursday I think we're gonna pick it up. Uh, if it's worth anything, Daniel, uh, ESPN Plus agrees very heartily with you. Oh. Uh, they say BYU is projected to win eighty to sixty-six. Wow. so very close. Sure. Yeah,
4: so that there's, there's definitely not going to happen. But
5: <laughs> yes, it's good for me. Just proves Daniels an insider, though. <laughs> yeah.
0: ESPN insider. I wrote Damn. that for ESPN, by the way. <laughs> I think BYU is going to take home a seventy-two to fifty-six victory. Okay, it's um, going to be a sixteen-point victory. Not going to be. A complete blowout. It's going to be a little bit close, but I think we're going to pull away at the end, and I think that we will just out talent this Cleveland State team. Let's hope so. How many dunks are we thinking?
5: Ooh.
0: Ooh. Okay, Ooh. I'll set the over under for the dunks. This is a little prop pick. I like this. At two and a half. Over. Two and a half dunks for BYU. I'll tell you what, right I'm taking mm. the under the under that's actually a hard okay
4: idea. daniel last season i would have definitely taken the under i don't know what this team has in it just for fun's sake i'm
0: taking the over okay, okay. i think they'll have more than two and a half dunks prove me right so dan and jared are in agreement. i am the lone ranger taking the under we'll see oh, who wins oh. this little pop bet
5: yeah, and uh, we'll figure this out as we go along, but we'll do more of these with each basketball game, mm-hmm. you know, because it would be kind of impossible to, like, do 10 picks each week because <laughs> yeah. there's roughly 300 <laughs> games there's per a week. a lot of games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... there's a lot of games. <laughs> but, yeah, there we go. That's your episode for you. Yep. Enjoy the game on Tuesday and look for another episode later this week. Yeah, on that episode we'll uh, recap the Cleveland State game and we'll also look ahead to college football uh, week 11 now. Holy crap, guys. We are 11 already. We're running through college football. But we'll look ahead to week 11. We'll do some picks. We will also um, look back on tonight's Tuesday night's rankings,
0: Mm -hmm. the playoff rankings. And we'll get mad and furious.
5: So mad. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Les Talk Podcast. We also wanted to include one last shout out to our social media platforms. Please follow us at Les Talk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Get us to 100 followers on Instagram. And check out the website that we can watch, guides at LesTalkPodcast.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you listen this far, DM us, say hi, and we'll say hi back. Yes. We love you. We love you so much. Thank you. Bye now.